1 John 4, verse 7. This is Be Real, week two. Week one, I talked about being real with God. I talked about how being real with God brings transformation and it also brings healing in your life when you're trying to be honest with the Lord. When you pray what, you're, what you really are needing to pray for, not just what other people say that you need to pray for. So 1 John 4, 7 through 14 is the theme scripture for tonight. Dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God and this is how God showed us his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we may live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he first loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he is in us. He has given us his spirit and we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. John's making a challenge to tell us that it is not a suggestion that you love other people. It is a command that you love others. This is not just, oh, I think I'm gonna like this person. No, you are commanded, if you believe in Jesus, you are commanded to love one another. You're not just, you're not just being in this Christian life, being all solitude-like. He says our command is to love one another. So tonight's title for week two, it is time to be real with others. It is time to be real with others. And the question is that how real are you with your relationships? How real are you? If you could ask yourself that question, are you real with your relationships? Are you good at discerning the real Christian friends and the fake ones? Or are you just a closed off Christian that doesn't discern anything at all? You just don't trust anybody. And you just brush everybody else aside. This is where you have to question your motive about community, unity, putting people in your ring, in your circle. I want to give my three points early, just like I did last week, and so I'll give it early today as well. So it's time to be real with others. Point number one is that we need to love one another. I've already hit that home in the beginning. We need to love one another. Point number two is knowing that God first loved us, and that's very, very important. So follow that second point, knowing that God first loved us. And point number three, we are in God's will when we love one another. So We are in the will of the Father. We are in obedience and correlating with God when we learn to love one another. Let's break it down. Point number one, we need to love one another. Verse seven through eight says, dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Let me clarify this. Love is not what the world calls love. It is what God calls love. Is that, is that clear? What the world calls love is not the same as what God calls love. The way the world loves is to shasha. God's love is to shasha and challenge your 
heart, to challenge who you are, also to call you out. We have gotten to a a, a culture where love is just mushy-gushy and not, hey, stop doing that. We've gotten to a point where we are so glued to the lovey-dovey part, the feeling of the adrenaline of feeling loved and noticed and all this stuff, and that's good. That's important. But if I don't take the stuff that comes after that, there's a problem. Because if I am, if I'm only taking God's affirmation, but not taking God's accountability, then I am not following what the Lord is telling me to do. I must love one another, but also I have to keep some of my homies accountable. Because guess what? All of our homies, we all were born in sin. All of our homies were born to be stupid. We were all born to make the mistake, but in Christ, we are now made new to where we are not making as much mistakes. But at the same time, when we do make a mistake, grace is covering that. So, so it's, it's important. But if, if I see a homie living in something that he's not supposed to be living in, I'm going to, I'm going to ask him about like, bro, what's going on? Like, like, what is this that you, why do you keep running to this? Why do you keep going to this? Accountability sometimes is more needed than affirmation. Because if I'm constantly telling you you're doing a good job and you're doing fantastic, that's one piece. That is one piece of God's love. That's only one part. And it's awesome and it's amazing and it's, and it's, and you should cherish that. But if you've got enough of this, but you haven't gotten the accountability part, then homie, you in danger. You in trouble. Because that means you're willing to stay in that dysfunction or sin as you, as it was. So you now have to learn to be held accountable. And we got to do that also for our Christian homies. We got to do that for our friends as well. It's keeping each other accountable. Loving one another is not just affirming or being, you can do it. But it's in the dark moments of your life where they're going to be there for you. And in the moments where you mess up, they'll hold you accountable. That is a true Christian group, a Christian relationship with others. That's unity. And if we don't keep that, then we are in serious trouble of staying where we're at, staying isolated, and also staying in a sinful state without the accountability of others. And it's also a command. John 13, 34 says, a new command I give to you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. John is making it Point clear, actually, this is not John, this is Jesus. Jesus said that he gave us a new command to love one another. Listen, y'all, if we lived in the Old Testament, we would, we would have been screwed because there were so many commands and rules to follow. And if we didn't follow it, we would have been in hell even before we ever died. But because Christ came to separate us from that, to make it accessible and easy, he made this one general command, nothing too strict, nothing intense. It is to love others. That's a pretty good command. I don't have to, I don't have to do all, I don't have to sacrifice rams and goats and all of this stuff. All I got to do is love somebody where they're at and love them where they're going. Not on a bad path, but to love them to where they go on the right path. That's what loving somebody is. It is a command. Relationships are non-negotiable for Christians. Loving others is a command from Christ himself. So if I'm not loving somebody, then I'm being disobedient. Let me say that again. If I'm not loving somebody, if I'm not being there for somebody, if I'm not doing what Christ told me to do, then I am living in disobedience, which means, by quote, I'm living in sin. 
So now I have to learn to love others because Christ has told me to. But you're like, bro, I don't know how to love people. I'm glad you asked because point number two says, knowing that God first loved us. This is crucial. If you want to learn how to love people the way Christ loves people, look at how he loved you. If you would start at the fact of how he loves you first, you will learn how to love other people. It says it here in verse 10. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us first and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. God loved us so much that we can learn to love others in the faith. Here's what I've learned. If you don't learn how to love others or you don't really love others, the number one thing that I can point out is that you're not saved. Because loving others as Christ loves others is if you're in Christ. You can't love people as Christ if you're not in Christ. People can love people regular. That's normal. People can love people regular. Unsaved people can love people regular. It's normal. But if we don't learn to love people as Christ loves people, because, man, I love, affirmation's great. It's all that stuff. They, they love to cheer you on. But when I'm in a dark place, are they affirming me? Then no. Are they affirming you then? Absolutely not. So we have to learn now that Christ's love is different than the world's love. And he has taught us to love them first. I want to show you how Christ has learned to love us. I have this quote right here that I want to read to you. If we are to love others as we love ourselves, then we must learn to love the little self, which so often needs to be forgiven for doing the things we're not to do and saying the things we do, we're not supposed to say. What does that mean? That means Christ died for my mistakes before I ever committed them, which means that I need to learn to love my friends in Christ as Christ did. Because, because we're going to make mistakes, and we're going to have shortcomings, and we're going to have anger problems. We're going to have things that we're going to say that are not right. But there's going to have to be a point where I have to forgive that. There's going to have to be a point where, because if I can give grace to myself when I mess up, then I can give grace to somebody else when they mess up. If I am not giving grace to them, but I can give grace to myself, I'm selfish. But if I can learn to give grace to myself and give grace to other people, then I am in Christ. If you have had divided moments with a friend that is in Jesus, not just somebody who's not saved, that's normal. You're supposed to preach the gospel to people who are lost. But if you have friends in Christ that you have a divided moment with, then it is time to learn to sacrifice your preference and your opinion and unify yourself with that person and others. Y'all, it is the hardest thing to do, but it is the right thing to do. It is one of the most hardest things to do when you are trying to create goodness within a relationship. It is hard to keep something back. Uh, most of my life, I, I'm the type of person where it's like, if, you, if I've done something to you and you walk away from me and you ghost me, and you, I will not bother you. I will leave you alone and let you go on with your business. I'm not going to mess with you. Or if somebody has messed with me up, I'll do the exact same thing and I'll walk away. But there's something that my lovely fiance taught me is that even when people walk away, I still have to reach for it. When people are acting the fool, when I, when I feel like people are acting the moron, I have to continue to reach that. Why? Because Christ told me to. 
because like I would get convicted of that when I was like, man, that person's acting like an idiot or whatever. And the Lord's like, when have you acted like an idiot? When was the last time you acted like a moron? So if you're not telling yourself this, why are you telling this to somebody else within yourself? And so I'm like, oh, because there's going to be a point where you're going to have to learn to love others and reach for that relationship. Because I've, listen, y'all, I've been in, even before COVID, I have made myself isolated from personal social places because I have learned and never healed from the fact of, I didn't realize, I've learned this, the closer you get to people, the more risk you are at getting hurt. 110%. I don't care if they're Christian or not Christian. If you get close enough, you will see somebody for who they really are. And that can be a good thing. And sometimes that can be a bad thing. And you will get to the point where you will either get hurt or get challenged by that person's vulnerability. So I've had to learn to learn what to tolerate because you're going to have to learn to tolerate. Or there's going to be points where you're going to have to learn to walk away from that because the closer you get to somebody, the higher risk you will have at getting hurt, even from good people. Even from, even from Christian people, that doesn't mean you have to walk away from it. That doesn't mean you have to walk away from that person. That just means you're going to have to learn to not be, listen, y'all. I learned how selfish I was when I got into my relationship with Sarah. I learned how selfish I was because there's going to be things you're going to have to lay down to keep it going. You're going to have to lay some things down, your opinion, your preference. Some of us have a hard time with friendships and relationships because we are not willing to lay down our preference. And that's what I had to learn in my own relationships. And now my friendships are better now because I've had to learn that I have to let go of things that I'm kind of selfish about. And that's okay because most of us are selfish. And that's okay. Sometimes you got to be selfish to survive because that's all you've known is to survive through selfishness, to walk yourself away. But there's going to be times where it's like, no, it's not like that. It's not to that point. You're going to have to learn to reach back for that relationship and gain it back because it is worth it. If, you t- if it tugs on your heart. Listen, if you've walked away from a friendship and you still think about that person, like, man, I miss that. I miss that guy. Man, I miss my girlfriend. What are you saying? You need to text them. You need to call them back because there is something that God's doing in you that is like, I need to reach back. And this is where we lose it because if Christ knew what we were going to do in the stuff that we have already done and he still forgave and now he's still, listen, y'all, I've probably made more mistakes, more than I can count on my hands just this week. The stuff that I've done, the stupid things that I have said, Jacob saying Jacob stuff and God still forgave me. And I still was able to go to the throne of grace to be forgiven. If he can do that and we're supposed to be like Christ, why am I not keeping myself in that state where it's like, I got to reach out. I got to reach out to this person. I have to try and connect this back together. So that's where, Learning if God, Christ, if you would learn and remember how Christ loved you, you will learn how to love other people. Because you cannot, you cannot let Christ just love you and you not love others. That's not how Christ works. That's called consumerism. You're just consuming God while not reaching and giving out to others like you are the cup. Because you are the cup. 
If you, if the Holy Spirit lives within you, you are the cup. You are the one you're pouring out to those people. And so that's where he tells us we need to love first. My third and final point is we are in God's will when we love one another. Verse 12. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, he's saying nobody's ever seen the Lord. Not even anybody in this room. If you have seen God, I don't know what's going on with your eyesight, but nobody has seen God. Nobody. Nobody has seen Jesus. Nobody, except for the people that were alive back then. But nobody has seen God the Father. But he is saying here, if we love one another, if we love one another, that means that God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. The word complete. A lot of times when you read the scripture about God's will, it talks about something being complete. So when you get to a point in your life where you learn that that command is legit and that I'm walking in God's will when I love others, because when I'm not walking in God's will, I'm walking against God's will. When I'm not walking in his will, I'm walking against it. That means that there's no, because people, people say like, oh, if, you know, when I sin, God, 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 uh, he punishes me. He just, he just does all this stuff. Not necessarily. He does discipline the ones he loves, but he does not punish. Sin punishes. So when you are punished, it's not because of God, it's because of your own sin. That's what makes you punished. It's not because God is trying to punish you. God doesn't want to condemn you or punish you. He disciplines. He challenges you to go the right way, but he does not punish. What happens is that our own sin, our own messy pool of sin is what separates us and brings punishment. So sometimes when I know I'm, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, this is why I'm depressed. This is why I have horrible, horrible thoughts. This is why I stay away from people. This is why I'm always so easily angered. This is why I think this way, because sometimes it's our own punishment. God doesn't punish. We punish ourselves. And we also let sin corrupt us so that we would be punished. It is a high calling to love others. It's literally the way that people will see God. So, so you know how some of us are just, oh, some of us just get anxious when we have to tell the gospel to somebody we don't know. Just loving your neighbor. Loving somebody. I'm not, and look, I can just say that and you can be like, oh, that's easy. But think of the hardest thing to love somebody. Listen, y'all, I don't even love people on Ambassador Caffrey. I don't even love people when they're doing stupid turns and they're going slow when they turn on a side. I hate that. I hate it. But there is a love to be shown no matter what. There's a love to be placed no matter what's going on. And I've had to learn that in my life. Think of the hardest thing to love. You have to love. The hardest person or the hardest thing to do is to love. You know, without the love of God, and some of us that do live for the Lord understand this, the times you could have retaliated, talked back, told them what was up, you could have told them this, and you would have been, it would have felt good, but it wouldn't have satisfied the will of God if I would have done that. So that's why you keep your mouth shut, you keep your flesh shut, and you let your spirit flourish through because that's what brings real fruit. 
That's what brings love is you letting the Holy Spirit do his work. This is why we don't have good communities, y'all. This is why we might have a small friend circle because we're not willing to discern friendships to create a unity. This is why I've told y'all a couple of times to invite a homie here. This is why I tell y'all to bring people because there's a unity to be formed. There's a unity to, to happen. But if we're so constant of like, well, they talk back at me, I ain't inviting them to youth. That's not the right mindset to have. You're supposed to love others. You're supposed to take care of others. The Bible says that we are supposed to, that's a, that's a command. That's what we're supposed to do. 1 Corinthians 1.10 says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and there will be no divisions among you, but that you will be perfectly united in mind and thought. What that tells me is that if we would agree that we both were all on one mission and put all of our opinions aside, we would be more united. If I would stop putting my two cents in their three cents, there would be no sense. If I would stop putting stuff where it doesn't belong, we would have unity and people would be fine. But no, we got to say this on social media. We got to text this person this because we were mad. We got to stop putting ourselves in positions where we're putting ourselves in trouble, number one. And number two, we're creating division. What else can you create uh, division from? People that hurt you, you put division for that. If somebody aggravates you, you get petty and you do it. And now there's division and now there's separation. Now you're, now it's not them messing up. Now you're stirring the pot. Golly. We need to learn to stop putting our thoughts out there and get that filter. Listen, I don't have a filter sometimes either. I said some stuff today and I was like, you said that? I was trying not to say certain things and I'm like, I'm like, if I would just keep my mouth shut and if I would just stop saying stuff that comes to my head and say stuff that's true and actually filter my thoughts on what is right and what is of scripture, how would, we would be fine. We would be okay. There's things you need to call out. That's fine. There's things that you have to address. That's fine. But if you are putting an agenda on the table, but not scripture on the table, if you're putting your opinion on there, but not the love of Christ on the table, then what you're doing is you're wasting words. You're wasting breath. You're wasting time when you start to do that too much. Unity is so important. If somebody's struggling, go help them. If somebody is hurting on the inside, go talk to them. Go walk them through it. Pray for them. Do something. Do something that is showing the love of Christ. Listen, y'all. There's a lot of stuff in this world. There's a lot of there's a lot of hurting, brokenness. There was a statistic that I read that that I forgot the amount, but there was a huge amount of suicides just in January. Just in January of this year. Because people were alone. People were by themselves. They did not have anyone. And that shows me, is the church doing right? Is the, is the believers doing what they're supposed to be doing? Listen, there's some things out of our control and sometimes a lot of those things, they don't say nothing. 
But there's going to be a point. You see somebody struggling. You go talk to them. If somebody comes up to you with something, you are you need to be there for them. Why? Because God commands it. Because God says, go love one another. I command you, brothers and sisters, go and do what I told you. This loving one another, it doesn't take much, and it's not a crazy command. It is so simple to the point where I'm going to love this person this week. I've been thinking about them. They, I know they've been struggling. I'm going to talk to them this week. I'm going to walk with them this week. I'm going to give them what Christ gave me because he gave that to me first. A command that God gives us, when we obey the command, we're in the will of God. And that means everything that's going on with this friendship or the people that we're with, to be real, is not just, is not just obviously knowing what they're going through, but it's also to love them. Being real with, with someone is loving someone. Being real with someone is loving them enough to hear what's going on without judgment or without reaction, that has to get to a point in our hearts. But if we continue to just walk in a place of, well, they did this, they did that, they, and we're not, and we're missing the bigger picture, we've lost it. We've lost the picture. And so Christ is commanding us, if we would obey this, if we would love one another as we're supposed to, not how we think, not what the world says, because the world has a different type of love. They have a different way of looking at love. But the way that Christ loves, the way he tells us to, through the power of the Holy Spirit, that means that we are in God's will. Unity is crucial for the body of Christ in both mind and thought. If we would continue to love others, and to be in the right mind with what God says, not just in opinion or political stance. That doesn't matter. One day that won't be in heaven. That's not going to be there. That is not going to be there. Your political idea will not be in heaven. Christ's will be. Christ's mindset will be in us. We will be made perfect. Our opinion won't be made perfect. We will be made perfect. So this is why we have to put things aside, put whatever you're thinking aside, and tell them the love of Jesus. This is how we create unity. This is how to be real with others. Is not, oh, they said this, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna walk with them because they believe this. That doesn't matter. Just don't give in to it. And walk them, and eventually that will happen. If it fails, then you've done everything you can. You sowed seed. But if it does work out, I'm just giving you scenarios because some of us walk away from beliefs, stances, and we walk away when we're supposed to love others. How crazy is that? We're supposed to love other people. Yet we anything somebody says out of their mouth, we're like, uh-uh. Listen, y'all, there's a lot of people that I did not agree with, talk with, and I'm like, you just sound cuckoo. But do I love them and I walk with them? Absolutely. Why? Because it is a command to love others. It is a command to be real with others. That's in your school. That's at your job. That's in your family. That's in your cousins. That's in your relationships. That is what you need to do that for. Start off with your sibling. You might not like your sibling. I didn't for a while. I didn't like my siblings for a hot minute. I still love them. I still care for them. Start with a cousin. Start with a homie that's in school. Start with somebody that's at work. Do something at the bare minimum and work your way up. That's how you do it. You got to start wherever you can start. You have to. 
Paul wrote this because of the division of factions. He was talking about this in 1 Corinthians. He was talking about how they were all separated. They were talking about this church and that church. And he's basically saying, I appeal to you. I wish that y'all would have the same mind and thought because that's important. Without the same belief of understanding of what the, what the Lord says, then there's division. There's division when you have that difference. How do you apply this? Love the people in your life well. Love the people in your life right. There's some people you're not that close with and you love them where they're at. But there are some people that you are close with and you know they're not supposed to be doing that stuff that they're supposed to be doing and you should be telling them something in love. Y'all, we have, be, we, have become, we have become so shy of confrontation where the scripture is telling us to keep each other accountable. And there are people that are hurting that need to be loved and there are people that are doing dumb stuff that need to be challenged. That's what the scripture is telling. That's what love is. Love is loving someone when they're broken and challenging somebody when they're not supposed to be doing what they're supposed to be doing. You're like, hey, listen, bro, stop doing that. Stop going to that. Stop bringing that up. Stop that. You have, to, you have to do that in your life. As a believer, this is the command. This is how we love others. And if we don't do this, we are, in a way, failing not God. We're failing what we believe in. We're failing the fact that we're supposed to be loving other people. We're failing the fact that we're supposed to. I'm doing this because I want to challenge you in the fact that you are commanded to love others. That you are commanded to love the person next to you. Look, I know. Dakota is devoted to loving me. Both. (laughs) Not like that. But it's like, but but picture this. I'm feeling broken. <laughs> I'm feeling hurt. <laughs> and Dakota's right there. I, I give a little bit of, maybe I'm trying to reach out, but I'm afraid of what Dakota will say. But if Dakota, if Dakota's in his mind, is like, man, he feels, he, he sounds a little broken. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me talk with him. Let me hear his voice. Let me pray for him. Y'all think it's funny, but it's legit. It's real. There's some people that are, that are depressed every single day and you don't even know it. And God could put that on your heart and say, oh, I need to talk to this person. Y'all think it's a joke, but it's legit. It's legit. Dakota could sense something and be like, man, let me pray for you. Let me talk. What's, what's going on? That's loving others. Man, God, they don't. That's loving other people. Dakota can send something. He's like, man, I need to pray for him. I need to talk with him. Maybe walk with him. Maybe he's not saved. Maybe I can lead him to Jesus. That's, that's, that's good. That's a good thing. But we're so afraid and we're so scared and we walk away. Y'all, we need to learn. It's time. You know how the time to be real? It's, it gives you a two-minute warning. There is a warning. It's time to be real with others because some of us could have our last day tomorrow and we had the opportunity to talk to that person. It could be our last day or their last day. And we have every opportunity to show them the love of Jesus. That is so awesome and crucial and important to our lives. That's why I want y'all to go to Costa Rica. Because we're going to be able to learn to love all these people with a different language barrier, with a different home ground, with a different way of culture. And we get to preach the gospel to them. And Christ, dude, Christ transcends culture. You, you don't even have to know their language. I went to Pueblo, didn't know their language. These kids, were, we were playing basketball. 
And these kids did not hear, did not understand a single English. And I was able to hang out with them and we high fived. And it was, that transcends that. That doesn't, it doesn't matter. Loving one another is so important. It's so crucial to the Christian faith. And how do you apply that? Love the people in your life. Wow. With every head bowed and every eye closed. As I close, it's time to carry the call of love with intentionality, with the intention of loving others. This week, you need to have the intention to love somebody. You need to have the intention to help somebody this week. There is somebody hurting right now that you know good and well and there, and God is tugging on your heart to say, I'm going to talk, I'm going to walk with this person. If they want to, I will ask and I will walk with them. If they are willing to let me walk with them, this is what you need to do this week. Because I'm not telling you because you're like, I'm telling you, God is telling you. But if you don't know Jesus, you cannot learn to love others if you don't know that Christ has loved you first. And some of you are in this room saying, Pastor Jacob, I have never truly given my heart to Jesus. I have never fully surrendered my life to his lordship and his majesty. I have not done that yet. And I think that's what's causing my problems to love other people. If that is you, you cannot love others without Christ loving you, which means you have to be saved. You have to be born again. You, Jesus, to, Jesus told the Pharisee, he said, you have to be born again, not physically, but spiritually. This is a moment in Romans where he says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And this is your moment to call on Jesus so that you can be saved to where he'll love, be able to love you so that you can love other people. If that's you, just take a moment and just pray, Lord, I accept you into my heart and I want to make you Lord of my life. I know that I have sinned and I have separated, I have been separated from you. And I want to come to you and let you be my Lord and Savior. Tell him those things. And you got to mean it with your heart. It's not just some pretty prayer that you pray. You got to mean it from, from everything within you. Because you can't learn to love others if you don't have Christ in you. So if that's you, pray to the Lord and ask him to forgive you of your sins, repent for your sin, and turn away from it and live for him. Take that moment to ask him. Lord, I surrender my life to you in this moment. I surrender my opinion, my, 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 my desires. They are yours. I surrender my life to you. I give you me and I repent from my sin and I turn away from my sin. If you pray that prayer, you are born again. You are saved not just to be loved by Christ and to love others, but you are, you're going to make it. You're going to make it to heaven and you won't have to be tormented and be separated from God forever. 
you are saved. To my second group of people, you have some really weird relationships right now. You have some division in your circle. I want you to pray over it and say, Lord, give me a heart for unity. But, I, but I'm here to challenge tonight. I feel like the Lord is tugging on somebody to text or call that person. Because y'all have been at a division for a hot minute. And there needs to be a phone call. There needs to be a text message because you're tired of being divided. You're tired of being separated. You've had good memories with this person. You've had, you've had amazing Christ-like moments with this person and you need to set that right. Lord, I pray for unity to the person in this room who needs to make the text message or needs to make the phone call. Father, I ask, Lord, that you, Lord, would set them free from from pride, from opinion, from, Lord, heal them, Lord, so that they can make this right. It has to start with somebody, Lord. So I pray whoever it is in this room, they would make the first move. They would make it right. They would reconcile, Lord, because you want reconciliation in the kingdom of God so that people can know that we we are of you. We need to learn to love other people, Lord. So teach us that tonight to love other people as you have loved us, as you have cherished us. Lord, we thank you. We love you. And Lord, we thank you for this and praise you for this message. And I pray that everybody this week will learn to be real with others as you have loved us. We can love others. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Y'all are good to go.